0: what's up everybody welcome to building our power this is gabby and KT. we're back with another episode uh yeah we've been gone for two two weeks and i've been moving uh, and it's, it's been real hectic and stuff like that but we're finally i think we got some of the setup ready to actually start back being consistent So, what we're going to do, um, for the next couple episodes is we're actually going to be reading from, uh, the book Blood in My Eye by George Jackson, um, because we see that, you know, in this current time, there's a lot of, um, discussions around certain topics that can be answered by this book that was made, like, 40 years ago. So, um, and we also think, you know, it's important to study. It's important to study and learn from those who've come before us, and, uh, So yeah, so that's where we're going to begin, Um, and we're going to skip past all the preface and all that other stuff. If you would like a free copy of the book, we will put a link in the description for you to check it out. All right, so we're going to start at the beginning. It says, March 28th, 1971. My sister has informed me of your release and the political education class you have formed. From her words and your messages, I sense that we are still together. We've gone through approximately the same changes since they separated us. The confused flight to National Revolutionary Africa through the riot stage of revolutionary black America. We have finally arrived at scientific revolutionary socialism with the rest of the colonial world. I was hoping that you wouldn't get trapped in the riot stage like a great many other very sincere brothers. I have to browbeat them every day down here. They think they don't need ideology, strategy, or tactics. They think being a warrior is quite enough. And yet, without discipline or direction, they'll end up washing cars or unclaimed bodies in the city-state's morgue. But I was almost certain that wouldn't be your destination, brother. Though I no longer adhere to all of Nick revolutionary catchism, too cold, very much like the fascist psychology, revolution should be love-inspired. His first line contains the encounter truth the black revolutionary is twice doomed at times i wonder about the present state of revolutionary black consciousness it's really annoying to hear blacks express right-wing traditionalist political ideals i mean the same spill you got from wallace maddox hearst or hunt coming from black people like lomax young Bunk, some recently dead now thanks to the forces of good I think Lady Lomax is still around, though, representing Africa with her Anglo-Saxon vernacular. Hmm. Her husband, L. Lomax, was CIA. Did you read The Reluctant African, which was sheer propaganda for the owner disguised in blackface? These are the really dangerous people. When we leap to destroy the owner, we'll have these kinds of niggers to fight. They will use the tactic, white left-wing causes, to protect their bosses, white right-wing cause you must teach that socialism communalism is as old as man that its principles formed the basis of mostly all the east african cultures there was no word to denote possession in the original east african tongues the only independent african societies today are socialists those which allow capitalism to remain are still neo-colonies any black who would defend an African military dictatorship is as much a fascist as Hoover. Are you aware of how the people are living under the so-called Africanized fascist cultures? The Congo and the entire west coast of Africa, except Guinea and Mauritania, are still slave states, dominated by westernized black white-wing puppets. I'm thoroughly sick of the old Jess B. Simple's. They'll be your main source of opposition in the communizing the black colonies here. The good white people who own things will always give them a few inches in their papers or other media. That's how fascism works, influencing the masses and institutions through elites. I talked to several black lawyers when I got the last case of pigs killing hung on me. We started off agreeing, but they abandoned me the moment I attacked Anglo-Saxon law, capitalism, and the blues. And then went to recognize the Black Panthers, Kwame Nkrumah, Sekou Touré, Niri, and Odinga instead of Kenyatta Lumomba instead of that little punk in Ethiopia, and Peking instead of Atlanta or Freetown. That will be your main source of opposition the black running dog, but it's unfair to automatically condemn a black person for not understanding economic and political subtleties. Some are simply confused in an honest way. Some of the arguments they pose will center around the despondent cliche that Africa will invent something unique. It won't be socialism, communism, or capitalism. Often they'll leave out the denunciation of capitalism altogether. You must explain the economic motive of human social History and bring out that there are only two ways by which societies can ever be governed and organized for production of their needs. The various types of totalitarian methods, represented by assorted capitalist and fascist arrangements, and the egalitarian method. Egalitarianism is people's government, and people's government in economics is socialism, dialectical, and materialist. How else can societies be governed? There must be hierarchies or the elimination of hierarchies. Then show that the greatest contributions to egalitarianism came from Africa. The greatest and the first examples. Okay, so just from what I read, um, it's interesting because, like we say all the time, none of this stuff is new. None of the things that people are bringing out is new. And so back then, what year was this? 1971 they were having the same conversations around you know trying to convince people that socialism is the only way for us to get free and people still people internalizing these western white ass talking points that 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 still try to have it both ways. That wanted to be like, well, we can be capitalist but we can be good. We can be capitalist but we can be um egalitarian. But you can't do that. And there's no way to do that. And even now you have people that are saying like like we we talked about a couple episodes back. Well, you can be a good capitalist. You can be a good billionaire. You can be a good millionaire. You cannot. There's, it's either one or the other. Either it's gonna be egalitarian society, or it's going to be oppressive. Either you're gonna be a capitalist, or you're gonna be for the people. It's, it, that's, that's, those are the only two options that we have. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame we still have to reiterate stuff like this, but it's true. And you know, they were talking about, you know, how some of the black leaders were being used as a tool for white people to you know, continue to spread this propaganda to, to us, and they still are to this day. Um. So, yeah, and then he talks about, of course, how, you know, communism and communal living has always been an integral part of Africa pre-colonialism. And, uh, you know, that's how a lot of countries there were governed. A lot of groups of people were governed. Um, and so us trying to say that, you know, Africa needs to go back to that. We need to go back to that. It's not some white-made thing. This is just, this is how we started. This is where stuff began. This is how things always were before the white people came and, you know, started bringing in all these uh, extreme hierarchies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Something that was, that what what's most interesting to me is towards the end of what you're reading And they were talking about, like, we have got to get rid of those hierarchies. We've got to understand that it's either or. It's not one and the same. And um, to me, you said, oh, it's crazy. We're still having to uh, reiterate that, you know, 50 years in the future But if we really want to look at it and we want to look at the propaganda machine that the United States government is and that fascism is uh, in and of itself, I don't think it's so crazy. You know, I feel like we take 10 steps forward and then propaganda fascism uh, starts starts going down the machine, starts pumping out more and more and more. And so then we just go 20 steps backward. So I think really... Yeah, I just think that it's interesting, but also it just tells us that there's a lot, a lot uh, that we're going against, that that we're fighting against. And we
0: need more numbers and we need more people talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so start back with the reading. Then, comrade, you will encounter the faint-hearted and illogical types like Ali Clay, entertainer and tool of class capitalist cliques. Their line is, quote, ain't nobody but black folks going to die in a revolution. This argument completely overlooks the fact that we always have done most of the dying and still do. Dying at the stake through social neglect or in U.S. foreign wars. The point is now to construct a situation where someone else will join us in the dying. If it fails and we have to do most of the dying anyway, we're certainly no worse off than before. We find ourselves today forced into re-examination of the whole nature of black revolutionary consciousness and its relative standing within a class society steeped in a form of racism so sensitized that it extends itself even to the slightest variation in skin tone. The great majority of blacks reject racism. They have never found it expedient, wise, or honorable to take on the characteristics of the enemy. I think it's vitally important to stress that for Blacks, a concern for the, quote, survival of the race is not patently, not definably as racism. Any explanation for social phenomenon, past, present, or future, must present valid arguments and proof. As we travel back into history, honest descriptions and definitions will inevitably over- overlap. They will differ depending on their geopolitical standpoint. Ideally, they should be colored with as little subjective interpretation as possible from today's world. The present, due to its staggering complexities, is almost always as conjectural as the past. We must prove our predictions about the future with action. So, all my comments must be considered the merest supposition. They must be considered in just the same way. We must consider all other comments in this area. They merit attention only in that as soon as I make them, it, will not, it won't be much longer before I go about proving them. As a slave, the social phenomenon that engages my whole consciousness is, of course, revolution. The slave and revolution. Born to a premature death, a menial subsistence wage worker, odd job man, the cleaner, the cot, the man under hatches without bail That's me. The colonial victim. Anyone who can pass the civil service examination today can kill me tomorrow. Anyone who passed the civil service examination yesterday can kill me today with complete immunity. I've lived with a repression every moment of my life. A repression so formidable that any movement on my part can only bring relief. The respite of a small victory or the release of death in every sense of the term. In every sense that's real. I'm a slave to it. And of property. Okay, so that was interesting. Hold on. So apparently they were saying that Muhammad Ali... um, I guess somebody was talking to him about the revolution. You know, we gotta organize. We gotta get this stuff done. And his his excuse that he didn't want to do it is because only black people will die. And, yeah... I, I I hear that sometimes, um, I don't hear it that much, um because I think a lot of us kind of see this anyway, like we're already dying disproportionate numbers by our own hands, by the hands of the state already, like if anything, more people would live because we're actually trying we're actually fighting back and not just accepting the conditions in which we're living. We're right. actually coming and joining together and saying we have each other's back. We're going to protect each other and we have a goal in which we're trying to achieve. So yeah, that was definitely um, just like trying to, trying to get out of the conversation and then not necessarily take it seriously. But I mean, that's, that's the thing about it. Like even the people that we tout as revolutionaries, especially if they're in entertainment like, they're still working for the capitalist system, unless they say, I'm going to do, to give all my money away to the people. I'm going to do everything I can to help the people. Just because they're speaking out against something, just because they're speaking out against, quote-unquote, racism, does not mean that they actually care about black people. Some people only care about certain issues because it affects them. If they wake up tomorrow and they're no longer a part of that oppressed group, they would not care. That's a lot of people. And that's something that we have to see for ourselves and we have to peep. Like this person that we're hailing is, oh yeah, they speaking the truth. They speaking the truth. Do they care about us as a whole? Or do they care about the issue because it affects them. And you see it with people like Kanye West. We're not going to talk about him. But everybody keeps pushing that. He said that against George Bush. He said that against George Bush. He talks about racism. He talks about being discriminated against. It's only because he's black. He's not speaking for working class black people. None of these people ever are. They're only speaking for themselves so that they can make more money. And so that's what we have to Differentiate. I know I didn't mean to go and talk about that, but it was interesting to see that you know Muhammad Ali. We we uh put him up as you know he was he was great. He spoke out against these things, which he did, which was good. He went to jail because he didn't want to fight in the war, but it was limited in how far he wanted to go as far as getting us all free. So
1: oh, I was just gonna say, I mean that the comparison is really good because it's different names. They're different celebrities. They're different elites. But it's still the same propaganda. It's still the same conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting.
0: Revolution within a modern industrial capitalist society can only mean the overthrow of all existing property relations and the destruction of all institutions that directly or indirectly support existing property relations. It must include the total suppression of all classes and individuals who endorse the present state of property relations or who stand to gain from it. Anything less than this is reform, yes. Government and the infrastructure of the enemy capitalist state must be destroyed to get at the heart of the problem, property relations. Otherwise, there is no revolution. Reshuffle the governmental personnel and forms without changing property relations and economic institutions. And you have produced simply another reform stage in the old bourgeois revolution. The power to alter the present imbalances, to remedy the critical defects of an advanced industrial state ordered on an antiquated set of greed-confused motives rests with control over production and distribution of wealth. If the one percent who presently control the wealth of the society maintain their control after any reordering of the state, the changes cannot be said to be revolutionary. The prerequisite for a successful popular popular revolution is that the victors totally junk the old machinery of the state Lenin stressed in State and Revolution, quote, one thing especially was proven by the commune vis, that the working class cannot simply lay hold of the ready-made state machinery and wield it for its own purposes. And, yes. again, the working class must break up, smash the ready-made state machinery and not confine itself merely to laying hold of it, unquote. The reason is simple enough. A popular revolution means a revolution by and for the the popular classes. Its ultimate aim is to bring all classes into one, that is to destroy the class state. Revolutionary change means seizures of all things held by the 1% and the transference of these holdings into the hands of the remaining 99%. If the 1% are simply displaced by another 1%, revolutionary change has not taken place. A social revolution after the fact of the modern corporate capitalist state can only mean the breakup of the state in a completely new form of economics and culture. As slaves, we understand that ownership and the mechanics of distribution must be reversed. The problems of the black colony and brown colony, those of the entire 99% who are being manipulated, can never be redressed as long as the necessary resources of their solution are the personal property of an extraneous minority motivated solely by the need for its own survival. And that extraneous minority will never consider the proper solutions. We have this on record from a voice speaking from inside the fourth right, a lieutenant governor of California or rating in public on poverty, quote, One third of the population will always be ill-housed, ill-clothed, and ill-fed. Many urban problems are really conditions that we cannot change or do not want to incur disadvantages of changing. His one-third statement was a calculated understatement. To the slave, revolution is an imperative, a love-inspired conscious act of desperation. It's aggressive. It isn't cool or cautious. It's bold, audacious, violent, an expression of icy, disdainful hatred. It can hardly be in any other way without raising a fundamental contradiction. If revolution, and especially revolution in America, is anything less than an effective defense attack weapon and a charger for the people to mount now, it is meaningless to the great majority of the slaves. If revolution is tied to dependence on the inscrutabilities of long-range politics, it cannot be made relevant to the person who expects to die tomorrow. There can be no rigid time controls attached to the process that offers itself as relief, not if those for whom it is principally intended are under attack now. If the proponents of revolution cannot learn to distinguish and translate the theoretical into the practical, if they continue to debate just how to call up and harness the conscious motive forces of revolution, the revolutionary idea will be the loser. It will be rejected. The principal reservoir of revolutionary potential in America lies in weight inside the black colony. Its sheer numeral strength its desperate historical relation to the violence of the productive system, and the fact of its present status in the creation of wealth force, the black stratum at the base of the whole class structure into the forefront of any revolutionary scheme. 30% of all industrial workers are black. Close to 40% of all industrial support roles are filled by blacks. Blacks are still doing the work of the greatest slave state in history. The term of our servitude are all that have been altered. The black colony can and will influence the fate of things to come in the United States. The impact of black revolutionary rage actually could carry at least the opening stages of a socialist revolution under certain circumstances, not discounting some of the complexities created by the specter of racism. However, if we are going to be successful in trying t- tying black energy and rage to the International Socialist Revolution, we must understand that racial complexities do exist. When the Minister of Defense and Servant of the People attacks the strategy of the American Communist Party and the liberal left revisionists for their failure to devise a policy which takes into account the special circumstances of Yankee-style racism, he is not attacking communism and the collective ordeal. He is questioning the Communist Party and other less committed sections of the left Revolutionary movement about their awareness of the unique problems presented by a particularly vicious and immediately threatening racism. My brother Jonathan, a communist revolutionary to the core, writing me in June of 1969, theoried as follows. We are quite obviously faced with a need to organize some small defenses to the more fragrant abuses of the system now. I mean this in a military sense. The period of disorganized activity of riots and rallies and purely political agitation education has come to a close. The violence of the opposition has brought it to an end. We cannot raise consciousness another millimeter without a new set of tactics. Long-range political ploys alone are not practical for us. To me, the concept seems to assume that someday in the distant future we'll produce a 700-pound flea to fight the paper tiger. That's not too likely to happen. While we await the precise moment when all of capitalism's victims will indignantly rise to destroy the system, we are being devoured in family lots at the whim of this thing. There will be no super slave. Some of us are going to have to take our courage in hand and build a hard revolutionary cadre for selective retaliatory, retaliatory violence. We have numbers on our side if the whites who support revolutionary change can prevent this thing from degenerating into a race war. The picture of the U.S. as a paper tiger is quite accurate. But there is a great deal of work to be done on its destruction. And I'm of the opinion that if there's a big job growing to do, the sooner begun, the sooner done. Yeah,
1: so... uh this this thing really resonates with me, considering the fact that midterms are here, and they are pushing the whole, go vote, go vote, we need you to vote, you have to vote, because if you don't vote, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen, and he's talking about, like... You can't just be sitting around waiting for change to happen. And poor people, black people, queer people cannot just be waiting around uh, on uh, the next election to come up. We need change now, not later. So, yeah, I think that that really, uh, I think that's some really important information that really sits with now, you know?
0: Yeah, and he was talking about not even just with... The voting, but once the people get into office, you know, all they say is, we got to pass this reform. Right. It's going to take time. But it's like, people are dying today. You have no, you you don't even have a little Band-Aid to put on it. A lot of these politicians, a lot of people in general, don't even have a Band-Aid to put on it. They're not even going to give their money to people to help them. They're just saying, I'm passing something you just waited out. And hopefully it will all work out. But also he's saying, like, you don't even need
1: to worry about that. Like, you should be worrying about your current material needs and how we can currently change those material needs. You don't need to be looking towards uh, voting as something that would be important in the revolution because that's not something that can help the revolution.
0: Right, right, right. And um, so, yeah, and then uh, what the brother was talking about, about how 1969, 1969, how long ago is that now? 40 50 years, it's about to be 50 years ago. Yeah, dude said the time for talking is over, the time for just raising consciousness and all this little political education is over. All that talking stuff, all that, you no. Know, we need to be organizing or it's not going to get done. The people the people are showing us violence. The people are getting violent. Why are you still over here talking about talking? And and the time for we say uh, just agitations, the time for just random riots, the time for just random little spurs of whatever is over with. Fifty years ago, and what we doing? The same thing. Same thing. Because we don't we don't read, we don't listen to these people. If they said it was over 50 years ago, what makes you think now in 2022 doing that is going to (laughs) work? We should have already been on. We should have already had a whole whole apparatus, a whole infrastructure by now. We should have. But we over here still on square one. That tells you we have to we have to expedite this process because no, we're wasting time. We're literally wasting time and um people are
1: still struggling too
0: people are struggling and um
1: it's only gotten worse because of recession like now and like previous recessions and, and previous inflation type stuff and it's just like it just keep piling and piling and piling like are we ever going to look at our lives and say i don't want to fucking live like this anymore
0: mhm
1: are we ever going to do that or are we just going to keep trucking along
0: yeah And uh, something else he was talking about was, I guess, Huey Newton had called out some white communists and was talking about, like, y'all have to take into account when y'all are coming up with these theories and coming up with all this stuff, the life experiences of black people Mm -hmm. or just any marginalized group. Because, like we say every single time, this is just restating everything we say every time, we all have our blind spots. We all have our spots that we're not, because we're not living in it, we don't know exactly 100% of, of what to do about that type of stuff. And in that way, you shouldn't even have no type of system where only a certain group of people are over here making the decision and figuring stuff out. Like, that's where you went wrong the first step. You should already have a diverse group of people in there j- trying to come up with stuff.
1: You you as a white person anyway shouldn't even be coming up with theories no. about what black people should be doing X, Y, and Z anyway. Because like you just said, like literally you don't have that experience and that's just not something you should be theorizing no. about. You got plenty of things else to be worrying about.
0: Right. So yeah, it, same stuff. All of this stuff is the same stuff. If you think about when we read Black Arm Joy, mm-hmm. it's literally the same thing. Literally same the same stuff. Okay, we're going to read a little bit more and then we go uh, head on out. Both Huey and Jonathan are understandably calling for the program revolution to take into account the fact of racial genocide. Jonathan is calling from his grave, adding another voice to the many thunderous graveyard affirmations, which for us blacks speeds the revolution to its ultimate issue. In order to develop revolutionary consciousness, we must learn how revolutionary consciousness can be raised to the highest point by stimuli from the vanguard elements. We recognize and appreciate the decades of hard, sometimes dangerous work done in the name of revolution by the older socialist parties. Perhaps we wouldn't exist at all were it not for their efforts. It is our sincere wish to operate in complete harmony with these older groups. But we must create new impetus and greater intellectual and physical energy if the forces of reaction are not to win another extended reprieve. A joint effort will make the task of overwhelming our common enemy all the simpler. But if our present differences cannot be reconciled by an honest and fearless search for the correct way... Then we will be forced to take the foundation of correct ideals and theory into our own hands and build a positive and more practical superstructure applicable to the circumstances suri- surrounding our lives. In his guerrilla warfare, Lenin wrote, quote, new forms of struggle unknown to the participants of the given period inevitably arise as the given social situation changes. The common crisis will introduce new forms of struggle that we are now unable to foresee, unquote. In other words, the old guard must not fail to understand that circumstances change in time and space, that there can be nothing dogmatic about the revolutionary theory. It is to be born out of each popular struggle. Each popular struggle must be analyzed historically to discover new ideas. In the words of John Garassi, Building from one to the other, eventually the revolutionary cadre would become equipped with a theory rooted in experience, broadened by historical knowledge, tested by combat and fortified by reflection after 10 or 15 generations of laboring on subsistence levels after 140 years of political agitation and education we grow impatient not that we fail to understand the risks and complexities of anti-establishment warfare we simply want to live we question a strategy that seems to have stopped short of providing a tactic for growth and for survival Terror tactics, like lynching, will never be allowed to work on us. If terror is going to be the choice of weapons, there must be funerals on both sides. And let the whole enemy power complex be conscious of that. The superstructure of any edifice that is extensive, as lofty as revolution, must be reexamined with the successive layer for faults, for possible improvements of method. We have the foundation of our strategy— We have studied Marx and Lenin for a description and history of modern industrial state. We've organized our thoughts and trained our bodies for the ordeal of grave digging. Our vanguard elements understand the simple importance of a winning consciousness. Of course, education and familiarization with the core issues on a broad basis precede hard revolutionary violence. If people are to understand and relate to revolutionary violence, they must first be educated into an acceptance of the fact that there is no alternative or that the alternative is less inviting than a fight. Yeah, so uh, right here, it's talking about something we talked about when we were uh, reading Lucy Parsons about how our our knowledge and the way that we think is should always be changing because... We cannot use the same tactics as they did in the 1800s. Like, they didn't have internet. Like, they didn't have social media. Like, they didn't have all this other stuff. And even in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, we can read George Jackson. We can read all these other people. But not only do we have technology, but we have knowledge of things that they didn't know. Things that they were guessing. Things that they were predicting. And we can see and say, was that correct? Or was that incorrect? And then use that knowledge to help build upon what they taught us and to, you know, continue to evolve. That is the only way. If you are still stuck and you treating this these people like the Bible, you're treating it like the encyclopedia, you will continue to get stuck. Because, no, no. We ourselves, just like them, just like George Jackson, just like everybody else, they read, and then they started to theorize, and they start to come up with their own stuff. That's what we have to do. Just make sure it's principled, obviously. And make sure we have the the people in the forefront of everything that we do. And, uh, yeah, you should always be doing it. Um Something else he was talking about was, you know, how we have to get out there. And just make it plain to people that there is no other way. Like... There, There is no other way You're not going to hustle your way Into a comfortable life It's over with If, if there was ever a window I don't know when that window was But it definitely ain't in 2022 mm-hmm. This is probably the worst time to try to hustle something You just need to sit down Like People still don't get that And that's why I feel like we're having all these, these Same old conversations People still think there's a way People still think uh, uh 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 I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to just divorce myself all the way from capitalism because I'm still going to get this job and I'm hopefully going to get paid good and I'm going to get some good insurance and eventually I can get a house and eventually I can buy real estate eventually I can invest and eventually I can become the oppressor. So I mean that goes back to that's the
1: capitalist propaganda right yeah. and that's why it's so important for us to constantly be pushing propaganda of our own Mm -hmm. like you know we talk about how we have uh sheets and stuff that we oftentimes will distribute throughout the city that propaganda gets taken down in like a day's time or or a little bit shorter than that because people don't want to see it so what do we constantly have to do we have got to constantly be doing the same exact thing the u.s the the fascists the, or the fascists have a 24-hour cycle, right? What do we have? We don't have that. We're not we're not pushing that propaganda 24/7. We're not pushing it 12 hours out of of the out of the day. And so it's it's our place to be doing that. Yeah. It's always been our place to be doing that. And also another thing just going back to the beginning part of what you were talking about, how we can't continue on doing the same exact thing. I mean, do you not think that these massive uh, fascist governments have not studied the actions of those revolutionaries, mm-hmm. too? Yeah. Like, we're learning... You have to learn your enemy in war, right? So, what What do you... Do you think they're not doing that? Yeah. They absolutely have read everything. Yeah. They absolutely... That's how they can... Uh, manipulate people so easily because they understand the language they've got resources to understand the language and to push as much propaganda as humanly possible
0: every time a a new theory leftist theory gets popularized it takes maybe two weeks and it's already been co-opted it's already using some academic person and it's already gonna be on cnn and it's already gonna be on fox news they talking about it Like the fact that what was that thing? The the CIA commercial that lady sounds I'm an intersectional lady. Whatever the hell she was talking about it's like, yes. And that's what I made that TikTok about. About how America has got this stuff to a science. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, most of the stuff is the same. But it's still like Putting your ear on the ground and being like, okay, what are these people talking about now? What are the issues they got going on? What is something radical that's starting to bubble up? And what do we need to do? How can we we shift the narrative real quick and change things? And for us, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to push. But we have to, you're right, not only study George Jackson and study the revolutionaries and stuff like that. But keep our eye on... How is America, how is neoliberalism going to use our message and twist it around and what can we do to make sure we're ahead of that message to make sure we are still the main ones being able to, to uh combat this this disinformation?
1: We have we have to gain control of Propaganda. We have to gain control of that. Like, do you, like, if we look at the current fascism and we look at the current media in the United States alone, the amount of misinformation that the media pushes, mm-hmm. the amount of propaganda the media pushes, is absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if uh, socialists, anarchists had control of the media mm-hmm. I've I've watched documentaries where people seem logical and rational about uh scary subjects like covid and then the moment they have heard what Fox News or what CNN or what uh any of their favorite uh hosts have to say all of a sudden they're no longer rational about it. Yeah. And they've got a totally different conversation. But here, that's that's the thing. We have got to have control of that. We've got to have control of, of what is it, the means of production, what the mm-hmm. communists always say. We have to have control of our environment. Yeah. And that's the point of organizing, is to come together and control those things as a whole, not as a single, not as an individual so that we can
0: benefit as a whole. Yeah. And the the that's the thing about it that's different now, uh, that was different than back then. We have an advantage with social media, with yeah. internet. We can get our message out to a larger audience. And we can get out certain meetups, all types of stuff. So what we need to be working on and continue to work on is continue to spread the message, continue to get out there in the streets, and show our faces and show people that we are real people, and we're really out here willing to help them. And we're trying to, we're trying to give positive and good alternatives—maybe not positive—alternatives <laughs> to the life that we're living now, to the struggle that we're dealing with now. Just trying to give hope to people, but they have to see us, and they have to, they have to trust us. And the only way that's going to be done is if they they see us physically and hear us. Uh, we can't just be behind the Twitter and stuff like that. Because that it can become an echo chamber. You're not necessarily in front of the public. You're in front of people that you already kind of agree with. So And this is a face reveal, no. <laughs> yeah. We're out there. We just not out there on the internet. Um but yes, definitely. And then what they're talking about with the vanguard. I see what I see what, what he's saying. Um I mean, obviously, when you're trying to galvanize people, you have to be able to be in the front to be like, okay, everybody, whatever. But I I obviously don't think that that we should be running stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we should just be helping get people together and then we all kind of come up with things on our own. But um, that's kind of where I differ with him. But, I mean, obviously, we're the only people out here that's that's leftists and radicals. We have to be in the forefront of just getting people together. But as far as making decisions, that shouldn't be be on us.
1: We're we're not anybody's boss. Like, we're not your parents. We're not bosses, which or anything along those lines we're not landlords we're not uh into the whole hierarchy bullshit like that's not us we make collective decisions together Mm -hmm. and yes we may have a little bit more knowledge and with that additional knowledge we can help guide you but we're we're not your boss and we're not going to tell you what to do definitely yeah
0: on around all right guys that was uh part one of blood in my eye you know how we do guys i don't know how long this thing is gonna take but this is necessary reading this is necessary knowledge that everybody needs to be listening to and everybody needs to be reading on their own like i said we will put the link in the description if you would like to read uh that yourself for free um all right guys this has been, oh, I didn't even say, if y'all would like to donate to what we're doing in the community, you can do so, link is in the description. If you'd like to join us in person, you can do so, link is in the description. Um, this has been gappy And KT. And this has been Building Our Power.